There's something new and big at the great New York State Fair. What is it? We'll tell you in a moment right here on All's Fair. When you think of the New York State Fair, what comes to mind? The rides, the food, the animals? This podcast takes you behind the scenes of all of those to the amazing stories hiding underneath. Welcome to All's Fair. hear that sound? That's the sound of a large machine working out on the fairgrounds right now. There's a big area fenced off. It's behind the goat barn if you know how the fair's laid out. Uh, it's there even if you don't know how it's laid out. But there's a big digger and it's big, digging a very large trench uh, into the ground near the goat barn. And it's dumping its, uh, its load of dirt into a truck which will take that dirt away. There are some big trenches on the ground right now. And that's the start of a big, big project that we'll talk about in just a second. But I want to help you see the picture of what's going out there, on out there just a little bit more. So that is to my left, is that, is that uh, backhoe and, and truck. Um, and there are men working in the, in the trench there. There's one with a saw, and he's uh, cutting away at some metal. I can see the sparks flying. Now, to my right, there's something going on that's about 100 feet in the air. There's a crane there, and it's got a large mechanism uh, that goes straight up in the air 100 feet or so. And right now, a man is scrambling up that, that mechanism. He's wearing a harness so that if he has a problem, uh, he won't fall to the ground. But he's scrambling up there to make sure that the connection's right. That crane is loading in a big pipe of sorts, a big chunk of round uh, metal, and that, that pipe is 60, 70 feet long. The man scrambles down, and you can hear this sound. That's the sound of, of a, basically a hammer, a hydraulic hammer, knocking that long pipe of metal into the ground. They're, they're putting in these, these pipes, these pieces of metal, to hold the building in place. It's the first step in creating this massive building. It's our brand new Expo Center, and here on All's Fair today, uh, I've got our acting director, Troy Waffner, with us, and we're going to talk a bit about that building. So, Troy, tell me, you know, that's, what, that's a picture for people what's going on right now. When they come to the fair this year, what are they going to see, and what's that going to mean for us? You know, what they're going to see is a, is a brand new building. It's 136,000 square foot overall. It has 110,000 square foot of, of clear span expo space. Put that in perspective, that's almost three acres of land that, that's sitting in, inside that building, or a little over three acres of land. You know, it's, it's going to be exciting. It's down near the west end of the fairgrounds, which, you know, the west end is, is a nice end, but it's always been a little underutilized. There isn't a lot of dynamic down there. Um, so, you know, this is the first step in kind of redesigning the west end of the fairgrounds, bringing in uh, a, a slightly different architecture to that end of the fairgrounds with this building. And really, this will be the spur of growth at that end. And it's exciting because, you know, it ha it's going to be tremendously positive during the fair. You know, we're working on how we're going to set it up right now during the fair and, and certainly always welcome people's input. Just as exciting as the non-fair. And, you know, when you talk about those other 50 weeks a year, and, and, and you know, right now we do 189 shows, and, and we're looking to exponentially grow that with this building, grow it in terms of, you know, one building shows there, and grow it in terms of bringing 
more more shows like the Syracuse Nationals to town. You know, I think people know uh, people who love the fair know a lot about the fair. But I don't think they know much about what we do the other 50 weeks of the year. I know when I first started working here, a common question was, well, do you just go home in the winter? Do you know, do you really work all year? What do you have to do? But we're running a, a 24-7, 365 business here, are we not? Yeah, well, we absolutely are. And it's funny you say that. I had a neighbor after this year's fair who actually asked me if my office remains at the fair after the <laughs> fair closes or if I go back to Albany. Um, but, but it is. It, it, what we do that other 50 weeks a year is amazing. You know, it is a 24-7 operation. We operate all 52 weeks a year. We don't close for anything. And, you know, we have the fair, which, which we're known for. People come to. We, and it's a it's a great great thing, and we spend you know like twelve months planning it. But those other fifty weeks a year is really where the economic impact from the to the community really grows. I mean, you know, we drew one point one million people for the fair. We drew another eight hundred thousand plus for the non fair shows. You know, we added new shows last year: the Liner Festival, the Jurassic Park, all of that, as well as expanded some shows, the Farm Show, among others. And they're looking to continue to grow, and we're looking to continue. To, to fill the the open spaces that, that we have with with all sorts of shows you know I don't I wonder if people have an idea of the of a f- kind of the broad picture of the kinds of stuff that we have on here when uh, the fair's not going on you may come here for like a home show or an RV show but you may never stop set foot in here except for that show in the fair and yet there's all this other stuff going on Oh, yeah, you know, the same people actually ask you what we do the other 50 weeks a year. If you say to them, do you come to the home show? Well, yeah. Do you come to the boat show? Yeah. Do you come to the RV show? Yeah. Then they start thinking, okay, there is stuff going on there the other 50 weeks a year. And, you know, people just don't correlate necessarily the fairgrounds with uh, that other 50 weeks a year for some reason, even though they come here for the shows. But, yeah, there's a huge diversity, huge diversity. And one of the the, the biggest, and oddly enough, probably one of the least attended sometimes are the horse shows. I mean, we pull in literally thousands of horses over horse show season from April to November. And, and you know, uh, the statistic is something like for each horse, three people come with it, three or four people come with it. And you think about that, we have shows with seven or 800 horses, and that's 2,400 people coming and eating in hotels, staying in our campground, staying, you know, at different places and really spending all of their money in central New York. And that's what we want to continue. Over the course of the last year, now we, we, we track attendance at these shows. Now, a lot of these shows don't don't charge admission, so there's no way to accurately track attendance, but we do it informally, right? We're using the number of cars that come through the gate? Yeah, we, we, we have a car counter that counts all the cars through the gate, and we use a, a recognized number. I believe it's uh, th- three people per car that, that, that then and that's how we come up with our non-fair attendance number and it's you know when you when you drive around and you look at the space on some of these shows the home show or the farm show i mean they we will park every square inch within the fence line for these shows and it's amazing the people who come and and where they come from if you drive around especially you know, i keep talking about horse shows but when you look at the horse shows and you look where the cars come from pennsylvania and new england and virginia i mean in canada yeah so we're not just pulling pulling local folks we're pulling you know regionally in some cases more nationally and that investment that people make in bringing, being promoters here and bringing shows to us, that uh, th- because we live off of what we bring in, we don't get money from the state budget to operate, that non-fair actually supports the programming that people enjoy during the fair. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, we, do, we, we are an enterprise fund. I think one thing people probably don't realize about us is we only survive off the money we take in. So, you know, from the Chevy court shows to the cleaning of the bathrooms uh, during the boat show, all that's paid for through, through, through the revenue we take. And my in. exorbitant salary. <laughs> exactly, and Dave's right. exorbitant salary. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, so 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 it's revenue regenerated. And as Dave said, you know, that two point two million a year that we take in in revenue for for the non-fair, and it's a growing number. We used to underwrite the the cattle show during the fair, the rabbit show, the competitions. You know, my favorite show, the the fine arts show. All that that money gets diver- you know gets invested in the fair itself. So we know that the idea behind that building is to beef up and, and have a lot more events going on outside of the fair. But one of the questions we're getting all the time right now is, well, what are you going to do with that during the fair? Yeah, that's a great question, and it could be a subject of a whole other All's, All's Fair <laughs> podcast. And I'm sure it will be. <laughs> but, you know, we're really looking at that. You know, some portion of it will probably be vendor space. But not, you know, and I have nothing against ShamWows. I bought many in my lifetime. But it won't be more ShamWow vendors or more COP vendors. It'll be mm-hmm. a higher-end vendor, a different kind of vendor than we have right now. And then part of it is, you know, we we, 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 we are very family-friendly, fair. You know, we encourage families to come, kids under 12, get in for free, all that. But, you know, we don't have that one spot on the fair where families and kids can go. So some part of the building, you know, we're, we're exploring, you know, making a kids' corner or family family fun place you know, that, that, that is very oriented towards kids' shows and family shows and things like that, and really drawing them into a, to a contained space. Plus, it gives another option for if it's raining out. You can something else to do. You know, it's, it's funny because I, I was thinking about this, and we don't have on the grounds right now an indoor space primarily for entertainment, right? We have it for vending. We have it for agriculture. We have indoor spaces for all those things, but we don't have it for entertainment. And, you know, it might seem strange. It does seem strange to us that we don't sort of have this thing all mapped out already because we know what we're going to do, you know, for the next fair by the time the, the first one ends. But this is sort of this is new to us. Yeah, this is the biggest, well, first of all, this will be the biggest building. When you put it in perspective, I think the COP has about 70,000 square foot of show space. This building is going to be... Center of Progress. Or Center of Progress. For those who don't speak fair acronym. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this building will be almost twice that. And then you take the 110,000 square foot of of expo space, and it's just, it's still, it's still the bigger by one and a half times almost, um, uh, the space we have to fill. So we want to do something creative. We want to do something different. We don't want the same old, same old. You know, if we've done one thing right, whether people agree with it or not, we change things up here at the fair every mm-hmm. year. Yep. We add shows. We take shows away. We bring in new grounds entertainment. We do crazy stunts. Um, and it's something we're proud of, and I think it keeps people coming back. And, and you know, this building, we, we want to do something different with, not necessarily crazy, but different that will attract people. And people say that's a good use of that building during the fair. And it's a way to have entertainment in a, in a rain-free uh, state. If, if, you know, we've had not, we have not had rain in two years, which means it's probably going to, it's probably going to snow on us this year. <laughs> well, the right, the right we're headed, it might not be snow, but it'll be freezing cold. Yeah, I guess so. Well, yeah, you're right. We don't have any indoor, uh, really indoor entertainment space. We have Chevy Court, which is a phenomenal venue, but if it's pouring down rain, it's it's not the best venue to watch a concert. And this mm-hmm. will give us, because keep in mind, this the, the Expo Center has 4,000 square, or 4,000 bleach. 4,000 seats in bleachers, oh. plus what you can add on the floor. So it's a great entertainment complex, too, in terms of concerts or shows and, and that sort of thing. So maybe we're, we're working on that, but the plans are getting a little more concrete elsewhere. Is there anything you can talk about that, uh, you know, in general for, for 18, for the fair? Yeah, I think what, do we, what you're going to see is there's going to be, you know, some change in where vendor locations are because of the new building. I mean, we're working through that with all the vendors who will be affected, and there isn't a great number, but we want to make sure they still have a space they like, a space they can call home. 
going into the future. You know, we're, we're kind of going through all of our grounds entertainment. You're going to see some of the grounds entertainment that was here last year. You're going to see a few new faces and a, a few faces who've, who, who aren't here, who've been here for many years. But some of that is just the feedback from, from fairgoers we get in terms of you're just wanting to make sure it's not the same old fair. You know, I, one, one comment that always annoys me is, you know, it's the same old fair, so I'm not coming back. This is not your grandfather's fair anymore. Yeah. We have gone through three years of change, and we and now you know, we change up our program, and we add new competitions, all that, and, and that's what we're continuing to do. You know, when you talk about the grounds entertainment, I mean, we're generally satisfied with our grounds entertainment, but that doesn't mean all of it needs to come back every year, right? I mean, that's that's part of it is keeping it fresh, something around the next corner that you didn't know you were going to see. Oh, yeah, and, and I think it's it's true of everything. You know what? We have great performers every year on Chevy Corp, but I try not to bring them back every year on Chevy Corp because now that it gets old, they'll still be entertaining, but it, you want to draw in a new segment, a new people, a new, new group, group of people, and you want to give some buzz and excitement that there's something to see that hasn't been here before. Right, and that's kind of a, I mean, one of the mandates on Chevy Corp is that we've been, we've been, Having performers, I think of Culture Club, for example, that we would never have had before. We've never seen certain bands here before. Um, and that's sort of where you're aiming. It absolutely is. You know, we're trying to hit all the genres. We have been a little light on country the last couple of years, but we're trying to hit all the genres from classic rock to alternative to hard rock to to kids' bands. And, you, and that's, you know, when you can draw on a culture club, and you think of them, if you're an 80s kid, I mean, Boy George and Culture Club was where it was at. And, you know, when I saw him on stage, he was every bit as flamboyant yep. as I wanted him to be. It was a fabulous show. <laughs> it, it really was. It was a fabulous show. And we bring in these new pop shows, and, you know, like uh, Migos last year. And so, I mean, I, I, we're seeing things here that, you know, in the last few years that we had not seen for many, many years, ever. Yeah, you know, one of the mandates from the governor's office and, and our advisory board was, you know, this, this, the fair can't look just like you. So we, we do a ton of outreach to different groups. So they, it's part of where the Pride Day came from. We do outreach to the Latino community, the Af African American community. This is the New York State Fair, and we want everybody to feel like they have ownership in it. So it is, it is January, so it's a little early to start talking about specific plans. So maybe we should just leave it there because we've got a lot in the hopper. We know that. We've got, we've got secrets we can't tell you. Yes, Not we yet. Do. But we will uh, as, they, as they happen. And, we, and, and invariably, we plan stuff that doesn't work out, too. So that's why we don't tell a lot of things early. We're, we're, we throw a lot of things at the wall. Uh, most of them make it to the fair, and a few fall by the wayside before, before you even see them. So, but we'll be talking about it as we get closer. And as you well know, Dave, we do our best thinking the two weeks leading up to the fair. <laughs> <We do. laughs> Somebody has a brilliant idea at the last minute. And we do it. Sure, we can do that. We're, n we're not... Well, I don't know. We're suicidal, I think, is what it comes down to. Insane. Insane is yep. a good word. It works. So, uh, Troy, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll let you get back to planning the greatest fair ever uh, and getting the new building up and running. And thanks to you for listening to this edition of All's Fair, the only podcast in the world dedicated to a state fair. And it's the great New York State Fair. I'm Dave Bullard. We'll see you soon.